guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks guys, now enjoy the show. Welcome to Mimosa Sisterhood, a podcast that celebrates women. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Mimosa Sisterhood Podcast, where we pop bottles and celebrate women's stories or chat about history or interview everyday women with an inspirational life story or talk about some crazy witchy history, which is exactly what we're doing today. And guess what? It's Christmas time. I am so excited about the holidays. I'm obsessed with the holidays. And of course, I had to think up a really cool, awesome way to celebrate Christmas on the podcast. And you better believe I am not letting you down. In fact, I am serving an extra special gift for you guys today. A very, very exciting surprise. If you are a longtime listener, get ready to scream your motherfucking heart out. Because today, we have on the show no other than the famous, the fabulous, original co-owner of Mimosa Sisterhood podcast, CJ McMotherfucking Nizzle. Woo! I am so excited, you guys. Uh, CJ is back on Mimosa Sisterhood podcast, ready to spit some facts and figures about the history of Christmas. And it is so much fun having her back on the show and having the band back together again. CJ and I joined forces to bring you a really fun and interesting Christmas-themed episode this year. We are going to be talking all about the real history of Christmas, which if you haven't noticed yet in the title of this episode, it is Hyphy AF. Shit is so weird, so wild, so crazy, and very interesting, if you ask me. So we're not talking a lot about candy canes and angels and holly jolly Christmas. No, we're talking about butt-fucking, drinking, partying, and all the dirty dirty that Christmas originally started as. So fasten your seatbelts because uh, this is a scandalous one. Before we get into the show, just wanted to remind you guys that we have our newest podcast merchandise up on the website at mimosasisterhood.com. The pullover gray hoodie with our beautiful podcast illustration that we had made recently is live for your purchasing pleasure. $30 in the pod shop. I swear to God, it is the most comfortable sweatshirt on earth, and it is absolutely the cutest thing that has ever existed on the planet, and it would be incredible to see you repping the swag on your body in your hometowns. Huge thank you to all of the listeners that have already purchased a sweatshirt. You've been tagging me in your pictures on Instagram. I love you. I see you. And I so appreciate all of your support. It truly means the world. So if you're looking for a last minute Christmas gift for yourself, because hashtag treat yourself, head on over to the pod shop and take a look. 
Okay, well, I'm keeping this short because this episode is beefy and it is so fantastic and I just want to dive right into it. So before I go, I hope everybody has an amazing Christmas, a fantastic holiday season, an even more beautiful Happy New Year and love and appreciate you guys more than ever. So Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. CJ McNizzle is in the house. CJ McNizzle in the hizzle. Hey Hello. Hi. What the fuck? How's it going? Oh my God. You are back on the mic. It has been forever. I know. I was trying to think of the last one and I can't, I can't remember. For some reason, I think Dolly Parton, but I don't know. It was. Was it? Was it? Sis- okay. Sister Rosetta Tharp mm-hmm. and Dolly Parton. Okay, cool. Fuck yes. And since then, I've been to her hometown like three times. You guys are best friends. We're practically, we're the same person. (laughs) Aren't you going to be maybe moving to Tennessee too? Yeah, hopefully. I'm trying to buy a house there. We're trying to buy a house there. Oh my God, you're just getting closer and closer to the life of Dolly. I know. That's, you know, between my boobs and owning one home. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Everybody out there listening, CJ is back on the mic for a super awesome Christmas-themed episode. I wanted to do something kind of weird for this Christmas episode. I felt like I could have tried to find women related to the Christmas time, but I wanted to go weird and witchy with it, and there's only one person I could do that with, and that's CJ. (laughs) well i also was thinking the last i think the last christmas episode i did i did miss piggy Mm -hmm. so fictional christmas is it's our shit it's our tradition i love it (laughs) anybody who's like what's going on i don't know what you're talking about cj is the original co-founder of this podcast which was originally called the sisterhood of the bottomless mimosa which i still am obsessed with that name We've since shortened it down. It was a little bit of a tongue twister for some, but she's back and we're excited. And if you're a long time listener, then I'm sure you're over there fucking screaming your head off right now. In fact, I did a poll on Instagram like last week hinting that we are having a surprise guest coming back on the pod and two people guessed it was you. Okay. So that's exciting. Okay. Especially since only two people responded. (laughs) 100 percent of the responses were correct i love that so yeah we're stoked we're excited and cj's got her mic set up and we're doing the damn thing so should we start with drinks yeah let's start with drinks all right what are you drinking so i'm drinking a sort of poinsettia which is champagne and it's actually champagne because we've been getting gifts for Christmas and we have an actual bottle of champagne and not just sparkling wine. So I'm being being fancy. It has cranberry juice and a poinsettia usually has like an orange liqueur, but I didn't want to buy that. So I just put like orange, a little bit of orange in it. Like squeezed orange? Yeah. Like I had an orange. Yeah. It's divine. So it's a very like, it's very trendy to have this around Christmas time at like the bar. So. Really? I can uh-huh. order a poinsettia at the bar? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. I've never heard of this drink. Really? No. Oh, it's the shit. Okay, well, I'm drinking a Christmas Bev as well. 
you were right earlier. I am drinking eggnog. Before we hopped on, she's like, is that eggnog? And I was like, no, it is eggnog. I am doing it a little different because I think normally with eggnog cocktails, you drink bourbon or brandy with it, but we only had rum. So I've got some rum, some eggnog. I shook it up on ice in like one of those like snazzy cocktail shakers with a dash of cinnamon. Ooh, strong. It is so good. That sounds awesome. These are boozy too. Like, ooh, 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 boozy. But also, I just found out that like a half of a cup of eggnog is like 200 calories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you're forgetting the golden rule of alcohol, which is if it's mixed with alcohol, it doesn't count at all. Like, that's so rude. How come <laughs> all the things I want to participate in during the Christmas time are sugar, cakes, candies, booze, eggnogs, everything that's just packs on the way. It's fucked up. Girl, we had a Christmas thing at my boyfriend's mom's house last night. And the fir- she gave me a bunch of gifts. But the first gift I unwrapped from her was a cheese ball. And I was like, damn, like low shots. She's like, yeah, we know how you like food, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did not say that. But I was, anyway, that cheese ball no longer exists. Oh my God. <laughs> did it get consumed today? It was, well, okay. So it was, it was like this longish. It wasn't it was like a full cheese, cheese log? ball. Yeah, it was like not a full cheese ball. I ate it last night, super high. And then I ate it for breakfast. You can cut that out. No. I'm <laughs> So yeah, it's December's a bust. Like you just you're gonna put on weight. It is a bust, but you know what? I don't feel bad about that because mm-hmm. a lot of what I learned about the history of Christmas, the history of winter and Christmas, the celebrations, the traditions, the festivals, the rituals, mm-hmm. so many of them, or the all of them really, were centered around the fact that Christmas had came. The winters were cold. They no longer had to feed their cattle because now they could kill the fucking cattle and eat it throughout winter. Hell yeah. So that was just the human way to get thick and eat good (laughs) (laughs) and stay warm. (laughs) At least that's how I'm interpreting it. I did some research on the history of Halloween earlier this year, and it's pretty much the same thing. It was designed to get fat and to fuck. Like it was like it was originally this huge matchmaking holiday. It was it was cuffing season. It was like the start of cuffing season. And so, you you know, you put on your little love handles and you find somebody to grab onto the love handles. And that's kind of how they did it. And then it turned into trick or treating. That is so weird. I never would have thought that. Yeah, I mean, we can do a Halloween episode, and I'll tell you about it then. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, do you want to tell anybody, like, what you got, what's up with you, where you've been, what you've been doing, what you got going on, all the things, all the things? I'm still in New Orleans, um, hopefully not for long. We are trying, well, okay, yeah, so I have a boyfriend, which I don't think I had the last time I recorded. I think you were perpetually celibate. <laughs> that's a nice way to say it. I think um, that's literally what you would say on the podcast. I know. And then I'd get drunk and go hook up with people at the bar. So that was like a lie. But spiritually, it was true. And I, um, anyway, literally right three days before our city went into lockdown, you know, back in 2020 is when we met. So we met as the world was ending. 
And then we just moved in together. And uh, now we live together in New Orleans. I have a dog. I didn't have a dog before. I have a thick little brindle. She's uh, part pit bull, part Boston Terrier. So you can imagine how that went down. What's her name again? Tuna. Tuna! (laughs) You know what's so sweet is every time I tell people her name, they get super happy. Yeah, it's like you just... This is a funny fucking name. Like, imagine yelling tuna like at the dog park. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah, I'm booed up. I have a dog. Um, We live together. And uh, we're trying to move probably to Tennessee. We go to Tennessee a lot. And we want to get out of the south. Well, Tennessee is the south. But we want to get out of the deep south. Um, But nothing is like that's not going to happen until next year. So tentative plans. And yeah, I think that's it. Like I, oh, I have a YouTube channel that is very new. It's a very different look on me. It's called The Creepy and the Cozy. If you put it into YouTube, you'll find it. Um, And maybe Melissa can throw it in the show notes. But I will be doing, posting a video on there that is related to the topic I'm talking about today. And it's, my goal with that channel is to do things that are educational and entertaining, but mostly family friendly. So definitely not this podcast. It's kind of a different, I'm trying to make something that people could watch with their kids if they wanted to. And so I do kind of like deep dive educational videos, but then I also do just like arts and crafts videos on there. So check it out. I just started it a couple months ago, so it's still pretty new. Woo! Well, before we get into it, any last Christmas thoughts? Are you doing anything fun for Christmas? What's what's your Christmas plan? Yeah, what's yours? Um, you know mine. I'm going to I'm going to St. Augustine, Florida, which is supposed to be the oldest city in America, I think. Are you going to do like sightseeing? Yeah, hopefully. So we're on <laughs> girl, I should send you a picture of the map of where our Airbnb is. We're on the ocean. Like we are the last we are the first defense against any tidal waves that are coming. <laughs> like we're right on the ocean in Florida. Um, so that's really nice. We'll probably just be on the, we're literally like 20 feet from the beach. So we'll be on the beach a lot. And then the actual city is old Spanish colonial. It's not very big, but we're going to at least spend like a day or two kind of walking around and, and seeing the sights. It looks super cute. So I'm excited. Cool. What are you doing? Cool. I am not doing much. Going to my parents' house. We're going to be eating some tamales, some enchiladas. Fuck yeah. I'm in charge of the desserts. So Mm. I'm making a shit ton of stuff. Like, I'm just, like, want to make all the desserts. I'm going to make a peppermint bark. I'm going to make these, like, peanut butter balls that are covered in, like, white chocolate with, like, Christmas Mm. sprinkles. I'm going to make these, like... Uh, thumbprint cookies with like a jam in them oh, that my family yeah. is obsessed with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a fudge, which I haven't decided if I should do fudge with nuts or without. What are your mm. thoughts? I mean, I'm anti-nut Me in too. the fudge. I'm anti-nut in general, but I feel like, do people want the nut? I know. I, but then as I get older, I get more bitter like in terms of my palate, but also my personality. <laughs> but walnuts, I appreciate walnuts and chocolate together a little bit more. So maybe a walnut. Well, I, yeah, but I, I got a bag like of walnuts. Chop it, like you got to chop it real fine because walnuts are just like, they're so big. Maybe I'll do some with nuts, some without. I like it. Okay. 
good old Christmas celebration. And that brings us to this episode. And I really wanted to talk about the history of Christmas because as everybody knows on this podcast, as you know, CJ, I kind of love calling out religion. (laughs) It's that Catholic schooling you got. Yeah, you know, I'm just like, there's just a lot of bullshit in, in the religious realm. And I feel like we need to, you know, call out the BS when the BS can be called out. And I feel like a large part of that revolves around some of our celebrations, our traditions, one of which is Christmas. So I thought it would be kind of fun to look back in history and see, you know, how much of Christmas came from us and our religion. And let me just give you a brief warning, like pretty much none of it. (laughs) All right. Christmas, December 25th, the day that we all, some of us get very excited for every year because it's full of gifts and booze and jolly times and singing and dancing and fires and chestnuts and all the grand old things. But for Christians, this day is usually celebrated as the anniversary of the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. And for everybody else in the world that isn't a Christian or doesn't really care so much about the religious aspects of the day, it's really more of like a worldwide cultural phenomenon that has a lot less to do with religion and a lot more to do with gift giving, Santa Claus, anxiety, depression, (laughs) family drama. You know the deal. You know the deal. Sorry. (laughs) So uh, back to this whole birth of Jesus anniversary. Mm -hmm. Rumor has it, we don't have any clue when Jesus was born. Because there was never an official birthday ever reported in the Bible. Okay, can I ask a question? Yes. Do we know that he was born? Exactly. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, Who knows? But according to the Bible, there's no technical reporting of when Jesus was born, what that date could have been. I was reading this funny article where people were like, or the article that had written something hilarious like, Would shepherds really be traveling across country in the middle of winter to, like, report the birth of Jesus? Like, they'd die. Like, they'd be dead, you know, in, like, the 40-degree weather, whatever it was. So, basically, like, we don't know. We have no idea. And originally, it was Easter that was celebrated when we thought about Jesus. It was the resurrection, the Easter day. That was the big hoo-ha about Mm -hmm. Jesus, It eventually turned into Christmas Day when uh, the Christians were basically taking over as becoming the dominant religion of the world. So uh, it was Pope Julius I who chose December 25th as the birth of Jesus. Just pick that day. And not for any random reason. There was a strategy behind this date selection. And it was in an attempt to absorb the traditions of the pagans that took place at this exact same time. Hmm. Which were, for the most part, these traditions, these celebrations that the the pagans had were 
uh, in celebration of the winter solstice, which took place in the middle of December. So all the pagans were popping bottles pretty much from the middle of December through like January and all in various countries in Europe. And it was hyphy to say the least. It was hyphy as fuck to say the absolute least. And so in an attempt to overshadow the pagans, Christmas Day was now going to be on December 25th. And as the Christians became more popular and as uh, pagans were converted to Christianity, as less pagans were on the map and Christians were booming and exploding and evolving and growing, more people were celebrating Christmas instead of these pagan celebrations. And eventually, Christians pretty much dominated uh, religion. They were the main religion across the globe. And ultimately, the pagans were no longer. They vanished as well as all of their traditions. Okay, alternate theory. Yes. He chose December 25th because clearly the son of God had to be a Capricorn. (laughs) I mean, that too. Just a theory. It's, it's this, I mean, Capricorn, ruler of the world. I mean, they have to always be in power and in charge of everything and winning all. Right. So it's and no surprise it would be a Capricorn. He was like, we're trying to win this game. We want everybody to be Christian. <laughs> Put a Capricorn. Exactly. All right. And so um, he succeeded because by the Middle Ages, Christianity had, for the most part, re- completely replaced the pagan religion. And so I figured, let's take a look into pagan history and just see, like, what what they were up to during all of their December traditions, because um, there's a lot of similarities here. Uh, For starters, if anybody out there is like, what the fuck is a pagan? I've never heard that in my life. I figured I'd give a little brief description of what a pagan is. So... Pagans were typically a name for people that held a religious belief that was outside of the mainstream. They often believed in more than one god, as well as goddesses. Yes, both male and females were celebrated as gods in their religious beliefs. And their god and goddesses were often depicted in human form. They were not seen as perfect, but they were more seen as, like, wise and powerful. And so pagans were kind of, like, a little bit of a controversy because they had a lot of really wild rituals, sex rituals, animal sacrifice rituals, like... (laughs) All the things. So they were, they were like heathens. Um, and They were the cool kids. They were the cool kids. Definitely. Yeah. And majority of the pagans were spread throughout like a number of northern European countries. Like specifically Scandinavian countries like Iceland and Norway, Sweden, Denmark. There were also many in German, uh, Germany and also in ancient Rome like way back in the day. And so... A large part of this December celebration was the winter solstice. So winter solstice takes place on either like December 21st or the 22nd in the Northern Hemisphere. I think it depends like where exactly you're living is what day it it lands on. And it occurs when the North Pole is tilted farthest away from the sun. 
So that creates the least amount of daylight and the longest night of the year. So for centuries, people would rejoice during the winter solstice because they knew that the worst of winter was over and that they could finally look forward to longer days and extended hours of sunlight. So it was like, fuck yes, we're on to better days. Winter's behind us. Summer, sunlight, like we're not afraid we're going to die anymore. We can start getting the cattle back and, you know, figuring out how we're going to eat. And it was kind of thought of as like a rebirth, like start to the new year, fresh start, the whatever, whatever. And in Scandinavia, the Norse celebrated Yule from December 21st, the beginning of winter solstice through January. And then in ancient Rome, there was a feast called Saturnalia. And that is where she gets fucking weird. Yup. <laughs> so let's just start with that. Let's just get get into the good shit right off the bat. Go straight to the orgies. Oh, yeah. So Saturnalia was created to celebrate Saturn, the planet, the literal planet, who was the god of agricultural bounty. And it was a week-long rage. Rage fest that most would describe to be most similar to Mardi Gras. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was just a complete party, shit show party, full of endless drinking, endless just banging, endless everything. Like, other people have described it as, like, that movie The Purge, where all laws were eliminated and anything goes. Whoa. No one could be criminalized for anything. It was an absolute free-for-all. And you just got a free pass to do whatever the fuck you wanted. So people were feasting, eating, you know, incredible foods, drinking all the drinks. They were free speech was celebrated. So you could just like pop off to your fucking mom, your boss, your neighbor, like the (laughs) priest, like whoever the fuck, you know, you could just like get crazy with it. No priests. These are pagans. Um Gift giving, they were big on giving each other presents, things like that. Uh, Gender bending, they got like really like, you know, wild with their identity in that moment. Like, ooh, let's just play around, do, do, do. Role reversing, uh, reckless sex. And what I meant by like role reversing was that many times they do these like, uh, I, I guess it wouldn't be like plays, but what am I? What's the word I'm trying to think of? I can't think of it. Basically, slaves would become the masters and the masters would become slaves. Whoa. So they'd like play out these acts where they'd be like role reversing and it was cool. This is <laughs> this is some wild shit. <laughs> I didn't read anything about death, like murder, which I think is like what the purge is like. I know when you said purge, I was like, oh, well, I think no. more in the sense that like, you know, there you could do whatever you wanted. Okay. I didn't. But yeah, I didn't see anything specifically on like mass murder. But I think more <laughs> in just that, like, just do whatever you like. Just have fun, I guess. Do what you want to <laughs> live your best life. So, yeah, it was utter chaos in the streets. Yule is another celebration, and it was definitely not 
nearly as scandalous. And Yule was celebrated in Norway, Scandinavia area, where Saturnalia Saturnalia was in ancient Rome. So Yule, the overall theme of Yule was about rebirth and renewal, and it was a festival of the sun. So many of the traditions involved elements of light. So things like flickering candles, bonfires, and the traditional lighting of a tree which represents the celebration of the slow return to light since winter solstice was ending and the light was coming back. And oftentimes, fathers and sons would bring home large logs, which they would set on fire, Mm -hmm. and people would feast until the log burned out, which could take up to 12 days. Girl, put me there. (laughs) See what I'm saying? They're just eating like crazy. They're just eating shit like pigs and stuff like all day for 12 (laughs) days. So we have 12 days to just be fucking nuts. <laughs> yes. The, right. the eating, the calories, the sweets, the meats, like it's all a go. And it has been since the fucking pagans in the AD world. So we're allowed. And the Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be, that would be burned during the coming year. So they were excited about... Burning all, animals. Burning animals. <laughs> all, all the all of the things that they would be fulfilled with in the next year. And then in Germany, there were definitely pagans living in Germany as well during this time. They honored the pagan god Odin all throughout the midwinter holiday. And so Germans were terrified of Odin because they believed that he flew through the sky at night to observe his people, but he would, instead of dropping presents down chimneys, he would decide who was going to live or die. So many people chose to just stay inside their houses out of fears that they would be murdered by the man flying through the sky. Like, that is so Germany. It's like... <laughs> You know, the Norse are just like fucking, they're hot, they're tall, right. they have blonde hair, they're having a good time, and the Germans are like, we suffer. Exactly. We must suffer. Mm-hmm. So, as I said earlier, Christianity at this point has pretty much overpowered the pagans by the Middle Ages. The mass majority of people were now celebrating Christmas, but they were celebrating Christmas while being inspired by what they were seeing through pagan traditions. So when Christmas Day began, it wasn't like their own original idea. They weren't like, oh, what are we going to do? Let's reinvent the wheel. They were kind of like, oh, no, we're just going to adopt like what the pagans did and make it a Christian thing and like maybe a little bit like less gnarly, but like good enough to still attract maybe pagans over to Christianity to like convert to our side and like be a part of us. So it was like kind of hyphy. Original Christmas was a little fucking wild. And um, what by the time it was like in full swing, it ended up being a lot like Saturnalia, like without a doubt. So what would happen is on Christmas Day, Believers of Christianity would attend church. They'd go to their service or Sunday morning service. And then once that ended, they would get shit-faced drunk and celebrate in a carnival-like atmosphere, which has also been similar, which has also been related to Mardi Gras. So similar kind of vibe. And 
each year there would be like a beggar or a student that would be crowned the Lord of Misrule. So I don't know if that meant like, all right, like here's the crown, go like fuck around like you're allowed to, like do whatever you want kind of a thing. And then the poor would go to the houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink, like give it up. And if the owners of the houses, the rich people like declined or rejected or said no, like fuck off, then the poor visitors would terrorize them with mischief. (laughs) I love it. And so Christmas became the time of year when the upper class could repay like their debt to society by entertaining the less fortunate citizens. So they'd be like the joke of the day. Like all the poor people would just like clown on the rich people and like it was allowed because the rich were to feel bad for being rich and that there were poor people that were existing while they were rich. Wow. That's so different from our current Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> that That is what Christmas Day originated from. That was our history of Christmas. That was the original Christmas, the OG. <laughs> but this is where things get even more hilarious. So then in the early 17th century, the motherfucking Puritans stepped in. And they were like, oh, hell no. (laughs) Not in our house. They canceled Christmas. Literally canceled it. Because they realized, like, oh, my God, you guys are no better than the pagans. Like, you basically just are the pagans (laughs) under this, like, guise of Christianity. Like, fuck no, it's over. And Christmas was banned for 20 years in America. (laughs) So lame. 20 years Christmas was banned. And from 1659 to 1681... The celebration of Christmas was, like, literally outlawed in Boston. And anyone that, like, exhibited Christmas spirit was fined five shillings. (laughs) All right, Scrooge, what the hell? (laughs) And so it wasn't until the 19th century that Americans began to embrace Christmas again. But they basically had to, like, reinvent Christmas all over And change it from the, like, wild, scandalous, you know, let's rob the rich people vibe to a family-oriented, wholesome day of peace, love, cookies, and Santa Claus. Hmm. So uh, that's the evolution of Christmas. And then uh, I wanted to touch on a couple of our traditions um, because there's some funny similarities here. So let's talk about gift-giving. That's like the focus of our Christmas for the most part, right? I mean, you give people a gift. It's Christmas. Woohoo. So gift giving is really something that originated from Saturnalia because during that wild ravenous week of chaos, the Romans also exchanged small gifts for the sake of good luck. So the idea was to give a gift in the hope of bringing in a bountiful harvest the next year. Um, So I guess like giving somebody a gift would result like you'd be in return be getting like good luck and good fortune for the following year. But rather than having like a huge list of gifts like gifts to pass out to all your friends and family, the Romans only shared one gift with one other person. 
So that's where gift giving came, came from. And then Santa Claus and Christmas stockings. So as we know, like our current modern day Santa Claus, our big fat old white man with the beard and the boots and the hat he was thick. <laughs> He was, like, largely developed by Coca-Cola in the 1930s. <laughs> like, Coca-Cola invented Santa Claus. But the idea of, like, an old man giving gifts goes back way further than the 1930s, all the way back to the time of the pagans. So we often hear about, like, old Saint Nick. You know, like, if we're going to, like, step take a step back and be like, okay, maybe there isn't a Santa Claus that flies through the sky. So we'll be like... Oh, he he originates. He's inspired from old Saint Nick, who was the patron saint of children. And he also was the patron saint of poor people and sex workers. And he lived around the fourth century AD. So Saint Nicholas, as we know him, he was a bishop who was known for giving gifts to the poor. He also had a big, long beard and he wore a cloak, which is much like the I guess the outfit that we know of the Santa today. But even before St. Nick, there was another old bearded man who we've already talked about today in this episode, and that was Odin, the god that many of the pagans praised. Where I was talking about in Germany, how they were afraid he was going to fly over their houses and decide who lives or dies. Well, when they weren't afraid of him, he wasn't just always killing people or allowing them to be alive. But he was worshipped by the early German pagan tribes, and he was traditionally portrayed as an old man with a long white beard with an eight-legged horse called Sleipner, who he would ride through the skies at night. So just like Santa and his reindeer. And during the winter, kids would fill their booties with carrots and straw and leave them by the chimney for Sleipner to feed on. So literally exactly like Santa Claus and the reindeer. And Odin would fly by and reward the children with little presents in their booties. Exactly like we do today with Christmas and Christmas stockings. So ultimately, like the Santa Claus that we all imagine and love and celebrate is pretty much a mishmash of old jolly St. Nicholas and the god of Odin and his eight-legged horse, Sleipner, and Coca-Cola's iconic red dress Santa Claus. I love it. <laughs> Which just... one is, who's your favorite of the three? Odin. <laughs> He's so wild. He has an eight-legged horse. I know. I want it. He's crazy. So another big tradition that we love which I don't think anyone does this today, but maybe they do. Christmas carols. I feel like we mostly see Christmas carols in the movies or maybe like the church will do it. Yeah. I've never had anybody come knock on my door and sing carols. Have you ever gone caroling? No. I did it when I was a kid with our church and we had to go to the old folks home and I hated it. See, with the church though. (laughs) It was the church, yeah. (laughs) The old folks home. Well, because I was like seven, and when you're seven, old people are scary. Because you're you, like, was it like a what? choir where you learned the songs and like knew what you were gonna sing? No, I mean we no, like we knew a cut. Like in Sunday school, we rehearsed it a couple times, but it wasn't like I wasn't part of a choir. Okay, but um, we went, we did it, and you hated it. <laughs> never, never did it again. 
<laughs> well, back in the day, it sounded a lot more fun. So the tradition itself of going door to door and singing to your neighbors comes from another pagan tradition called wassailing. Probably saying it wrong. But the word comes from the Anglo-Saxon phrase of wassail, which translates to good health. So every year, wassailers would roam through their villages shit-faced drunk, because that's just the common thing in pagan world, uh, in small groups. And they'd be singing loudly with the goal of banishing evil spirits and wishing good health on those around them. And they would do it with beverage in hand with hot mold cider spiked with alcohol. So I guess that's our boozy apple cider, right? Yeah, that sounds good. That's like, good. A, that's like a prototypical hot toddy, kind of. Yes. Yeah. I love me a good hot toddy. Uh, I love hot toddies. Um, so next up is kissing under the mistletoe. Yes, that also came from the pagans. So in the Roman world, mistletoe also honored the god of Saturn. And to keep him happy, they would perform fertility rituals underneath sprigs of mistletoe. Fertility rituals is exactly what it sounds like. They be fucking. They be fucking. All right. And in addition. What a nice way to say it. <laughs> I know, right? My boyfriend and I are going to go engage in a fertility ritual. Be right back. <laughs> um, but. There were other there were other symbolisms for mistletoe as well, other than fuggin'. So mistletoe also symbolized peace and joy. So in times of war, if em- if enemies were to meet like in the woods, they would typically be like underneath mistletoe out there. I guess there was like hella mistletoe or whatever out in the woods. And so they would drop their weapons and form a truce until the next day. Like, if they happened to meet under a mistletoe, it was, like, a symbolism. I'm like, okay, we're doing a truce. Let's regroup tomorrow. And then next up is decking the halls with holly. Deck the halls with holly. So holly was another plant, like mistletoe, that's connected to the god of Saturn. So during Saturn during Saturnalia holiday, Romans would wrap holly... No, Romans made holly wreaths to exchange as gifts for good luck. So I guess a holly wreath would be one of the things they'd give to one of their friends. And at the time of Saturnalia, early pagan Christians, so pagans that were like converting to Christianity during that time, began to celebrate Christmas. But they would be persecuted if they were ever caught like practicing some of their old traditions from paganism. But luckily... Pagans and Christians used holly in their traditions. So oftentimes they would like put holly wreaths on their front door as like a wink wink at their like other pagan friends to be like, yo, but I'm still like with you, though. But wouldn't get in trouble because also the Christians were using holly for Christmas Day. So it was kind of like a... A little just sneaky snake in the grass thing that they were doing to like be with their new religion, but also still hold true to their old. I love it. And then the last one is Christmas tree decorating. So I already kind of mentioned with Yule uh, being celebrated around the sun and light. They often uh, got Christmas trees. And so... 
the evergreen trees signaled this like return to life and light as the winter solstice meant that the days were starting to get longer. And so besides feasting, drinking, and exchanging gifts during Saturnalia, Romans also hung small metal ornaments on trees outside of their homes, as well as like lit candles around them. So each of these little ornaments represented a god, uh, either Saturn or the family's personal patron saint, whoever that was. And early German tribes practiced a similar tree decorating tradition, but this time they would use fruits and candles to honor the god Odin throughout the winter solstice. And oftentimes with fruit, they would use apples. So it'd be like a red apple and a green apple hanging on the trees. Mm. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Don't, don't they all sound just a wee bit familiar? I love it. I love that it's based on apples. The whole thing is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous to me that we're like, here's Christmas Day. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. We took over the world with Christianity to end paganism. But our entire annual celebration is going to be 100% inspired from paganism celebrations. Okay, I have. A, are you done? I have a question for yes, when you're done. I'm done. I don't know. Okay. Do you, I'm not even, this is not a joke. I'm dead serious. Do you think that like the modern American sort of commercial capitalist consumer version of Christmas is consumerism the new paganism? Because if you think about it, it's like get like eat a bunch of like consume, consume a bunch of food, consume a bunch of alcohol, buy gifts for people you don't like. Um, go crazy on Black Friday and trample right. people to death. Like, <laughs> dude, that's like a Saturnalia. <laughs> yeah, that's the purge right there. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is, huh? And like all of our multiple gods that we praise are like Amazon, Nordstrom, yeah, fucking Amazon going Target. through the sky <laughs> on that eight-legged horse getting you your shit in two days. How do you think they do it? They do it with an Odin. Dude. I love Odin. Odin's hot. Odin is really cool. <laughs> Odin's hot. <laughs> <laughs> he just sounds cool. Yeah, he is. He's an interesting god. He, like, he's like the... I mean, I, in my research, I just kept coming up on Germany, but I'm pretty sure all of Scandinavia praises Odin. I think he's mm. very... A huge figure in the Norway and Swedish and Denmark areas as well. I don't know why I was only seeing Germany, but who knows? But what yeah. Is he Does he have horns? Is he a horned guy? I don't think so. Okay. I think he just looks like a regular old man with like long hair and a beard. Okay. Like Santa, like a skinny Santa Claus. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Because none of their gods looked like creatures. Mm-hmm. I think they usually look like just like a, your everyday person. Mm-hmm. Um, where like our Santa Claus looks like, I mean, I guess he looks like an everyday person, but just fat. He looks like me. (laughs) Fat, old. (laughs) Yeah, pretty weird though, huh? Do you know why, I don't know if you looked at modern stuff, but why is Santa Claus fat? Like, do we know why he's fat? Pepsi. Pepsi decided he needed to be fat. They came up with that image. They, like, branded Pepsi. Or they branded Santa. They knew their product would make you fat. So they're like, Probably. See, isn't being fat cool? Look at this guy. 
Yeah, because you know how people will like collect old Pepsi things like vintage Pepsi day and like a lot. Like I actually have an ornament on my tree that I got from the Goodwill and it's a Santa Claus with a Coke with like a dog next to him. And he has the Pepsi in his hand. (laughs) It's I had when I was a kid, I had a stuffed polar bear. There was like a polar bear Coca-Cola campaign going on when we were kids did you do you remember that oh yeah it was a huge thing and they had i had a little polar bear and he had a little coca-cola in his hand oh yeah i love that polar bear coca-cola guy yeah very weird very very weird but yeah that's the that's the history of christmas that's the history of how christmas is tied in with pagan traditions and while all of you might say pagan is satanic well in reality you're all just supporting paganism every christmas so high five to that you're just jealous (laughs) i i want to do astrological signs of who odin (laughs) i think we should do we can do odin and we can do santa claus all right let's do it we know jesus well we think we know jesus i mean we're yeah exactly what do you okay odin melissa go (laughs) <laughs> oh, I was like trying to look up when his where his birthday was. Okay. What do I think Odin is? I would say like an Aries. I uh, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I'm in agreement. I feel like he could be like me like evil or sweet. Mhm. And he's like flying through the sky like I don't know, like fiercely. He's doing a lot. He's doing, He's doing a, a lot. lot. <laughs> and Aries do a lot. Yeah. My boyfriend is an Aries, by the way, for all the shit I talked about Aries on this podcast. Okay, I agree. I'm in agreement. I think Santa's a Taurus. Because he likes to eat and he's lazy. He likes to eat and he works one day a year. <laughs> one day a year. That's a good call. That's a good call. I like that. Also, though, he could be, like, a Leo because he likes to be, like, the star of the show. Yeah. I just feel like a Leo would never let themselves go like that. No, you're right. You're you know? Right. They just wouldn't do it. <laughs> but. Or, like, a Libra because I feel like Libras sometimes don't really do much but show up for the award. They're like, hey, how's it going? Right? <laughs> there I am. Did I'm the cute. <laughs> I'm that person in the group project who didn't work, but I made you laugh, so. You know what? I'm looking at a picture of Odin right now, and you know what he looks like? The hermit. A banger. From the, oh, From the tarot. Shit. He's holding That's a big stick. He has a hat, and he has a big, long, white beard, and he's called the Wanderer. Well, so you know he, the hermit is He probably is, like, is the hermit. The hermit is like my spirit card, so that's why I'm attracted to him. They associate him with wisdom, healing, death, royalty, the gallows, knowledge, war, battle, victory, sorcery, poetry, frenzy. <laughs> everything everything (laughs) all kinds of shit and that um he's been around since like 2 bce i don't even know what that is he's old he's old as shit (laughs) um way older than jesus way older than jesus that's what i'm saying all this shit's been popping off way before jesus came into the mix and then we just stole their traditions and made them our own all right, what's your favorite Christmas tradition? Do you like Christmas, Melissa? I do like Christmas. Okay, what do you like about it? Um, I was actually just saying this the other day. I was like sitting on my couch and I was like, I think I might have been a little high. 
which is why my head went here. <laughs> but I was looking at my Christmas tree and I looked over at my boyfriend and I was like, if you think about it, it's like kind of weird that we have like a forest tree in our living room right now. <laughs> Like, we just brought this tree into our house, and it's just sitting there in the corner of the living room. You're like, that's, like, high. so weird. <laughs> like, that's, like, actually strange. <laughs> and, like, it's just normal, and it's just going to be here for a month, and then we're going to get rid of it. I like the tree a lot. I like decorating it. I like staring at it. Like, I just, like, want to stare at the tree all day long every day for the entire length that it's up. Yeah. And I also like seeing like presents under it and I like collecting ornaments and like figuring out where I'm going to hang them and which one goes where. And that's kind of it. Oh, I haven't had a Christmas tree in so long. Really? Cause, like, I, yeah, because it's just, well, I didn't have a car forever. And then it was yeah. just like, I don't want to go, you know, I feel like I lived with roommates and I don't know. But. It, there is something really magical about it. Like, I love staying up late when I was a kid when the Christmas tree was up. And you just kind of, like, trip out looking at the lights in the dark. Like, whoa. And smelling the pine. Yeah. I stare yeah. at it all day long. I'm just like, yeah. what a cool tree. Like, yeah. you're cool. I wish you could stay here all year. <laughs> what do you like? Pretty much nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Honestly, so my boyfriend fucking hates Christmas music. Like, he hates the shit out of it. And I know that there are, like, it can be super annoying. But there are a couple of, like, key Christmas albums that make me super happy. NSYNC, like, numero uno. NSYNC's I'll Be Home for Christmas. I don't even remember what the name of that album was. (laughs) But we all know the one. Merry Christmas and happy holiday. I will love that forever. Beach Boys Christmas is legit. Um, so there's like, I wouldn't say Christmas music in general, but there are like a couple Christmas albums that just like slap. go to my heart. Yeah, the fucking slap. <laughs> um, I like the lights too. Like, I don't, we didn't put any lights up this year. We went really hard on Halloween and then we didn't do this. But I love driving around and seeing like a house that really went all out. Totally. I'm like, Fucking thank you. Like, good for you, man. Like, so I do like seeing the lights. And actually, um, in City Park, which is like five blocks from our house, they do a drive through. It's been drive through forever, not just because COVID, where they set up like these crazy light displays all through this big city park. And you can like drive through the park and look at all these displays. It's dope. That's cool. They're really, really cool. Yeah. So I like the lights. I like eating. I like the eaten, but I do that anyway, you know? Yeah. Christmas. Christmas, dude. Pagan fuck party. Hell yeah. That's what it is. Pagan get, get shit face. Get shit face, eat a lot, and fuck. Put a bunch of stuff in your face. Food, alcohol, dick, <laughs> pussy, whatever you're into. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Love it. All right. What do you got? So today I will be talking about a specific Christmas character or wintertime character it is not, he is not a female. I'm not even sure he is a he. He's at minimum, he's genderqueer. Um, so maybe isn't appropriate for the sisterhood, but there will be a female character who kind of helped inspire this guy, this person, demon, entity. Demon so today, entity. we will be talking about the Krampus. So, 
Many of us are now familiar with the Krampus because there was that movie that came out, I think, in like 2013. It had the guy from Parks and Rec in it. It had Tony Collette, who's like one of my favorite actresses ever. Um, it was one of the first scary Christmas movies I've ever seen. Did you ever see it? No. Do you even know about it? I don't know shit about the Krampus. Okay, so it wasn't like a big blockbuster, but it was big enough. Um, And I feel like up until that movie, I had never, ever heard of the Krampus, knew nothing about it. For those of you who might not know what I'm talking about, Krampus is this kind of Christmas demon character. He has horns. He has black fur, kind of like a mane. He has fangs. He's like a half goat, half human. And he has a super long tongue, which to me is like the most weird and unsettling part of his body. So if you are familiar with him, you probably know him either from the movie or he's been cropping up just more frequently in video games and other media. In New Orleans, there's actually a Krampus parade that happens every year. And uh, it's my favorite. I'm not a big Mardi Gras girl at all. But I I will fuck with crew of Krampus every single year because their costumes are just like beyond. They're so impressive. And this year, because New Orleans is really obsessed with COVID, we had to do a drive through parade, um, which I'll probably talk about later. But uh, so I did that a couple weeks ago as research for this podcast. And then. Last weekend, I went to a haunted house that was totally Krampus themed. Oh, that's so cool. It was super fun. It was like a Christmas Krampus haunted house. Yes. So cool. It was gnarly. It was fucking dope. So Krampus is a creature from the Alpine region of Europe. And we are definitely going to go into pagan craziness in the story of Krampus. But... In modern times, in more modern times, in like the past couple of centuries, Krampus has been seen as like a companion of St. Nicholas. So him and St. Nicholas work as a duo and they go into houses on Christmas Eve. And if the kids have been good, then St. Nicholas will give them treats and blah, blah, blah. If they've been bad, Krampus will either beat them with branches, (laughs) eat them, or throw them in a basket that he carries on his back And take them down back to the underworld with him. So he is like the naughty, gnarly cousin of St. Nicholas. Almost similar to Odin, who would fly in the sky and decide who would like perish or live. Yeah, it's a similar (laughs) idea. (laughs) So in order to talk about Krampus, I feel like I have to give a little bit more history on St. Nicholas because their histories totally intersect. So you talked briefly about him in your part but i'm gonna dive just slightly more deeper so saint nicholas as you mentioned was alive around the fourth century a.d he was born in what was then greece but i think is now considered turkey and it's hard to know what's real and what's fake because it was so long ago but the idea is that he was born into a really wealthy family and his parents died at a young age because that's what you did back then And so that's sort of how he became known for being this caretaker of the poor because he used his inheritance from his wealthy parents to help feed and clothe and take care of the poor and the needy. He was a bishop, but at this time, 
Christianity had not yet become the official religion of the Roman Empire. And so he was actually really persecuted for most of his life because he was a Christian. Um, but he was alive at the time that they kind of officially transitioned into Christianity, they being the Roman Empire. So he was sort of like in between the old world and the new and the new way. And he died on December 6th, 343 AD. And this was a day that would kind of become the original Christmas, not in terms of celebrating Jesus's birth, but in terms of celebrating the festival of St. Nicholas. So during his life, a kind of legend that surrounded him was that he would leave silver coins in the shoes of the poor folk, which is kind of similar to the stocking mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and so it became this tradition after he passed away and they and they started celebrating the Festival of St. Nicholas that on December 5th, the night before, he would come into the house, the spirit of St. Nicholas would come into your house and he would leave silver coins in your shoes. So that was sort of like the another influence on the modern day Santa. So it wasn't actually December 25th. It was it was all centered around the time that he died, which was December 6th and the night before. In the Middle Ages, in the Alpine region of Europe, so when I say Alpine, I'm mostly talking about Germany and Austria, because that's kind of where the tradition of Krampus comes from, but it also includes parts of Italy and parts of France. But so we're just going to call it the Alpine region of Europe. Paganism was still popping off. So Christianity didn't really pop off or like really take hold there in a big way until about the 6th century. And so up until that point, as you mentioned, there were a ton of events and processions that happened around the winter solstice. And one of the things that would happen is there would be these processions, kind of like these parades, where dudes would, it was always dudes at that time, would dress up as like scary demons and run around. They put on wooden masks, they put on animal furs, and they'd run around. And the idea was that they were like, drunk as shit, of course. And the, and the idea was that they were scaring off the demons of winter. Because for a lot of pagan traditions, which kind of lived and died literally by the seasons and by sunlight and by nature, the the darkest time of the year to them symbolized kind of like the dead and the underworld and like the demonic forces. And so it was a scary time. And so it was this way for them to kind of like get their winter energy out, get drunk and kind of like shoo, shoo, go away, demonic entities. So in Austria... There was a procession like this called the Perchtenlauf. And the Perchtenlauf was named after a goddess named Perkta, or Berkta, or Perkt, depending on what country you live in. And she was a, a woman, a pagan goddess whose mythology would kind of mix with Christianity over time, like all of the pagan shit did. But she was known for kind of coming into houses on Twelfth Night. What I don't even know what that holiday is but there's the 12 days of christmas that happened between like the epiphany and christmas so that was when she was really active and at first she was known for um for enforcing like the rules around holidays so for example you weren't allowed to to do work on holidays because it's europe and that's how they roll um and so she was known for like kind of coming into houses and making sure that you weren't working when you were supposed to be fucking and drinking and having a good time <laughs> And so she would arrive in one of two forms. 
she would show up in this as like a beautiful lady clothed in white, young, gorgeous ice princess. And if you were working, then she would turn into an ugly, haggard old woman. And, uh, and again, this originally was related to kind of like labor and like who was working during the holidays when they weren't supposed to be working. But eventually it turned into children, kind of like who had been naughty and who had been nice. So she'd come into the home. And if the children had been nice, she'd leave silver coins in their shoe, like your boy St. Nick. And if they had been naughty, she would slice their bellies open, fill them with stones, and then stitch them back up again. Ouch. So that's your girl, Perkta. (laughs) So Perkta, part of her mythology was that she had, like, a gang. She had like a gang of spirit demons. And like her, some of them could be dark and some of them could be light and beautiful. But kind of over the years, they really became more popular as dark entities, kind of like the evil demons of winter. And so during these winter, during the winter solstice, during these winter processions, they perked in Lauf or the perked in run is when these drunk guys would dress up as her perked in, as her like demonic friends. And that, and then they would run through the town. So the church was not fond of this, as you might imagine. And what they were able to do was sort of work the Perktenlauf into the festival of St. Nicholas. So, so as you, as you mentioned in your part, you know, they kind of had to mix the mythologies because people were like, what, you like want us to stop partying? No, like, we're not going to do that. So they kind of like weren't happy about it, but they let it go on. And in the 11th century, no, sorry, in the 17th century, um, so so the Perktenlauf has been going on for hundreds of years. And for the last maybe like 700 years, they've been able to kind of make like a joint Perktenlauf St. Nicholas Festival delight where the church kind of is okay with it, but the pagans still get their party time in. But in the 17th century, the Roman emperor was like, totally against the church. He didn't give a shit about organized religion. He basically like fired half of the clergy. He was like, you guys are done. (laughs) Like, I'm all about the enlightenment and science. Get out of here. And they started cracking down so that the church was under a lot of stress. So they started cracking down on the on the pagan stuff and they canceled the Perktenlauf. And this pissed the Austrian people off. So what they did was create Krampus as a sort of pushback against the ban on the Perktenlauf, because they're like, well, he's not a Perkton, he's his own thing. And actually, originally, Krampus referred to like a race of monsters, but over time it's just sort of turned into like this one entity, but it was meant to refer to like a whole race of demons. And as I mentioned at the outset, it's like horns, fur, long tongue all over the place, fangs. He looks like Pan, if Pan was like gross and nasty. Like the god, the Roman guy, like uh-huh. little, you know, the goat guy. Um, so that was his official introduction on the record. So like the first time he's ever really talked about in literature on paper is the 17th century. But some people speculate that his history goes back much farther because horned horned deities are a big part of pagan religion. Totally. Like they just, they love the horns. Oh, I don't yeah. know what it is. So... There's no proof. We can't really prove because all this stuff is like pre-written history that he came from pagan origins. But between Perkta 
and just sort of like the the general pagan trend of worshiping things that look like goats. Like yep. he could he could predate the 17th century, but like we just don't know. And so Krampus is actually part of this bigger tradition called the Companions of St. Nicholas. And the Companions of St. Nicholas are really big in Western and Northern Europe. And it's always this guy. So whether it's Krampus or another entity, there's always some like creepy dude who comes in with Santa on Christmas Eve and Santa is nice to the nice kids. And then his like henchman handles the naughty kids. And so in the Netherlands, one of his companions is Zwarte Piet or Black Peter, which you may have seen online is like this blackface character that's really uncomfortable to look at. <laughs> <laughs> but he was kind of like the baddie that traveled with St. Nick uh-huh. in the Netherlands. In parts of Germany, there was this little like kind of Rumpelstiltskin dude called Belschnickel. And he was like the naughty guy who came with St. Nick. And then Austria and parts of nor- northern Germany... Um, it was it was Krampus. So Krampus became a big thing in the 17th century. He had a basket on his back. He would carry uh, golden twigs or excuse me, he would carry birch rods with him. And then the church added chains to him because they associated him with the devil. And so they added chains to him to kind of like symbolize the binding of the devil. But they sort of just let him exist with the mythology of St. Nick because they were like, we can't like the pagans are not. Like, we just have to let them have this. Like, there's something about the German-Austrian region where they're like, we need dark, dank (laughs) creatures. Like, it can't just be Jesus. It's not good enough. So, up from the 17th century, um, actually, like, so families, so he carried birch rods with him. And so families would leave birch rods all over their house to kind of symbolize to the kids, like, be nice throughout the year or Krampus is going to eat you. So basically, <laughs> these birch rods were like the original elf on the shelf. Oh, my God. Do you know God. elf on the shelf? Yes. That creepy little elf that's like, yes. hey, are you getting naughty stuff? So that was the idea with the birch rods. It was to remind kids that if they misbehave, they'd be beaten with birch rods Wait. by a half goat, half man demon. What's a birch rod? Like a, uh, a birch tree. Just a, it's like a branch. A branch. Okay. Birch is a, is a type of tree. Okay, because I'm looking at pictures, and I see him in all these pictures holding this like thingamabob i just didn't mm-hmm. know like exactly what a birch rod was it looks like a broom it looks like he's it does look broom. like a broom yeah okay yeah but it's no it's whipping it's whipping instruments for children <laughs> so this is like way beyond your lump of coal in the stocking yeah. this is like heavy heavy shit we've got a woman who's gonna disembowel children and we've got a goat guy who's gonna eat you or beat you with branches again like germany austria can never just be happy so um, in the in the late 19th century, postcards became a thing, and I'm not going to bore you with the details, but there were a bunch of changes that happened in the global postal system that allowed postcards to become popular. And Austria was the first country to officially issue postcards through their National Postal Service. And because Krampus was such a big deal at this time, for some reason, he became like this super popular postcard character. And the postcards from the early 20th and late 19th centuries of Krampus are, like, raunchy. Ew. It's like, yeah, it's like his tongue, like, holding on to young children, or he's posing with women in really suggestive positions. And so between that 
and just the church's longstanding association between Krampus and, and Satan. In the 1930s, Austria outlawed Krampus, like made all all celebrations tied to him illegal. And this was, you know, this was this was like World War times. Yeah. So there was a lot of fascism going on in Europe. I was looking at a disgusting postcard. I just Googled the Krampus yeah. postcards and saw something that's very unsettling. Yeah. Be careful with that Google on that. It's weird. <laughs> It's weird. So it, it, it kind of turned him into this more, like, whereas before he had been sort of a child, like, a very dark child character, but still sort of, like, his mythology was all about naughty children. And then it became very adults. And so in the 1930s, the Christian Social Party of Austria, like, put the kaputs on it. Like, nope, no more Krampus. And then in the 1950s, you know, after the fall of Hitler, just, like, in general, Europe became a little bit more democratic they still were like, fuck Krampus. We don't want him. In the 50s and the 60s, even more raunchy postcards were coming out. Like you might have seen. Some, it's just really raunchy stuff. I don't know. Well, it's weird. You know what else I'm noticing is that he almost turns more into a man than a monster. Like some of the mm. original art that I'm seeing of Krampus looks like an actual like furried goat monster. And then some of these postcards have like a human head with horns but it's less monster-esque hmm i feel like in the postcards he really starts to look like the devil tarot card. yes yes he does look more yeah. like a devil yeah yeah so he in the first half of the 20th century he was basically canceled like he was one of the first <laughs> people to canceled. ever be canceled <laughs> um i mean he was literally outlawed but for some reason, starting in like the 1970s, 80s onward, he started having a bit of a renaissance. <laughs> and no one really knows. It's I shouldn't say no one really knows, but I don't really know why. I think part of it was like after the fall of the Berlin Wall, like there was just this this uh, like not even national, but like continental European movement toward like re-embracing cultural heritage. And so maybe it had to do with that. Maybe it had to do with people being sick of, like, the consumer capitalist Christmas. But for some reason, he got really popular again. And so these days, Krampus's tradition is celebrated with something called the Krampuslauf, or the Krampus run. And just like the Perktenlauf of the ancient days, it's what you think it is. It's a bunch of people dressed up as Krampus, looking gnarly as fuck, drinking schnapps, getting drunk, running through the streets, terrorizing people. No and way. It's a, and it's a great time. They do that in and New Orleans? So in New Orleans, up pre-COVID, it was a parade in the street. And the first one I ever saw was so dope. Because, like, it's creepy. It's like, they go hard. It looks like Hollywood-level makeup and special effects. Like, it's really incredible stuff. And the first one I ever saw, they had, like, down the street, they had kids in cages like seven six years old as part of the parade and they were literally like reaching out of the cages at onlookers like help us help us Krampus like it was dope it was so metal like it was awesome <laughs> so 
Krampuschlaus are most common. Krampus runs are most common in, you know, Germany, Austria, parts of Italy and France, but they happen in North America too. And part of this is because of the Hollywood movie that came out in 2013 that kind of got Krampus on everybody's mind. And so New Orleans is a city that does it. Um, Philadelphia's done it. Portland, Oregon's done it. So there are Krampus runs that happen across the US. I think a lot of them haven't happened in the last two years because of COVID, but hopefully they'll kind of kick back in as if as and if this thing ever goes away. Um, so that's kind of how he became the like the I feel like now he's like the number one Western boogeyman of Christmas. Totally. Um, like, I don't know that everybody knows who he is, but if you know, like a creepy Christmas guy in North America, you know, Krampus. Like, that's the guy, you know. I'd never heard of him before ever until you really? were like, can I cover Krampus? And I was like, sure. I don't know. Whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. Whatever. Yes. Yeah, sounds great. But one thing I think is strange is like you had described how there were several different countries that had their own like villainous figure that they paired with Santa. Yeah. How come the United States doesn't have one? Like, is that strange? I think we're... Well, so the Companions of St. Nicholas over time got watered down, and the way that we know them as Americans is his elves. Oh, his elves. We know them as his elves, as, like, his helper elves, but that comes from a long history of, like, gnarly mythical companions. But as you were saying, like, over time, all of this stuff kind of gets watered down. Yeah. But that's really where his helper elves came from, was, like, all of these dark entities that he was known to travel with in Europe. So in other European countries, like today in this year, is Krampus or these other like villainous people part of the celebration? Yeah. So uh, Krampus definitely is. Zwarte Piet, the, ne- the Dutch one that I talked about, I know he's still around because given, you know, like the changing social climate, people are like, hey, man, I don't know if blackface is really cool anymore, you know? So, but he's still, he's still a thing. Yeah, it's... How do you spell that? Just look up Black Peter. Look up Black Peter. (laughs) Oh, interesting. It's it's not good. It's not great. This is in... Where is this at? Denmark? The Netherlands. The Netherlands. Mm Mm-hmm. This is who they have as the sidekick of Santa Claus? Yeah. So I think over time, he's also become more watered down. Like, I think now he's, even though he looks really racist, he's not as, like, mm, evil or menacing. But that that happened over time. Originally, he was, like, super evil. and Is that yeah. why they gave him a black face? I, I don't know. I don't know enough about that one. Because <laughs> he literally... It's an no, actual it's pl- yeah. blackface thing. Yeah, it's it's weird. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's not if you so I should plug the YouTube channel here. So I I made a video about Krampus. It's much more professional than my drunk ass like hammering on on this podcast. But if you want to see pictures of all of this stuff, that video will have pictures galore. Um, if you don't want to watch that video, you should do some googling because it's pretty gnarly. Um, but whereas Krampus kind of, he looks demonic, Black Peter just looks like blackface. Like there's no, like it's just, it's just a it's regular just human in a weird yeah. outfit with a black paint on his face. Right. And like, I get, it's the Netherlands, it's a different culture, it's a different, like, I don't know the climate there, but uh, 
it is a little uncomfortable, I think, to the modern eye to look at that. It's like, oh, God. (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel like blackface has really been brought to, like, the forefront over the past, like, 10 years or so. Like, we've had Mm -hmm. seen, like, celebrities that had photos resurface from Halloweens and this and that. I've never seen anything about this in the news Hmm. where it's literally a, a character that's celebrated annually in an entire country (laughs) like what yeah it's so i don't know if it's a big deal here but i think in the netherlands i don't know though like they have a very different relationship to race than we do you know they have a very different history than we do but i think even in the netherlands people are starting to be like hey i don't know if this is so good (laughs) like (laughs) this isn't looking great oh wow Um, yeah yeah is so interesting so wait we had krampus the black peter and there was another one belschnickel but there's more here let me i want to send you a photo and we can like you can cut this because it looks like metal i wonder can i drop a photo in the chat maybe i don't know let's see so i think in this picture the guy the little guy next to saint nick is belschnickel i think does he have a long beard? He does, and he has, like, a bulbous nose. It's, like, all you can see is two dark eyes, a giant nose, and a big, huge beard. So what's his story? I don't, Girl, I covered Krampus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any Krampus-related questions? I'm just I got so you intrigued. Covered. I had no idea that there were so many cultural stories around these villains with Santa. I've never heard this before. Yeah, I think so. Something that came up in my research. So all of this was kind of changing during the Middle Ages, right? Like that's when the pagans kind of started going into Christianity. And the Middle Ages was a time when people like it was gnarly. There was a lot of dark stuff going on. And people were really obsessed with this idea of like light and dark, good and evil. And I feel like we're there now and that's why these figures are like becoming more popular again maybe not as much in america but even in america you know because we're kind of right back there we're like who's good who's bad what's right what's wrong like we're really in it and i feel like yeah you know it's appropriate that krampus is back in style well i think too with the whole uh kids that are bad get a lump of coal where the good kids get the presents i mean i guess we still i just joked today about how I was going to give my sister a lump of coal for Christmas and are you going to do it? <laughs> just like a, a giant resin rock from my bong or just yeah or give her like an orange just give her a fruit like they did in the olden times like here's an orange I mean we still I don't know that any parent or anybody does that if it's not a joke but I feel like that's still kind of the funny thing you'll tell your kid like oh hopefully you don't get a lump of coal and I guess that would be our, like, only evil side of Christmas if we were to have one. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to think if there's, like, I don't know that America has anything even close. Well, the pagans or the uh, Puritans didn't allow it. Right. The Puritans <laughs> messed it up and then Coca-Cola <laughs> branded it, yeah. you know? But I, I feel like for us, it's literally consumerism. Like, I'm not trying to be hashtag too deep, but I do feel like that's our weird dark side to Christmas in America is, like, people getting trampled to death on Black Friday. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> that Saturnalia. 
<laughs> so, so weird. I hope I wasn't too t- too tipsy for that one. No, Even. not at all. Okay, I hope I made sense. Like, I've been editing the audio on that video for the last three days, so it's just like my entire life has become Krampus. Did you even read one note? No, because I know everything. <laughs> I'm like because looking I've... at you and I'm like, oh, is this out of your brain? Yes, yes, because I've been working on that video for like a week and I know all of it by heart. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that was So please incredible. watch the video. The video is is much more, I'm not, I have a very different voice. I kind of talk like this in the video because I want you to kind of be relaxed and enjoy it. Um, normally, I try to make my videos family friendly. This one obviously talks about kids getting their stomachs ripped open. So like viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> but, you know, beyond that, it's pretty family friendly. Um, and, and, and what was great about making the video for Krampus is that there's so much artwork in the public domain because it's so old. So I got to put a ton of pictures in there without having to worry about copyright. So you can see a lot of cool, gnarly, gnarly photos of Krampus-related stuff. Uh, these pictures of Krampus are so funny. Like this wolf <laughs> man with this long tongue holding this like bush of sticks he has like a basket backpack with a bunch of toys in it. And then he has a big chain with little kids tied to the chain. That's gnarly, dude. Toting them through the snow. It's gnarly. <laughs> it's metal. Like, there's something oh about Germany, God. Austria. Like, they're dark people, man. They just, they just, Odin, Krampus, Perkta. Yeah. Well, I guess that's your spooky Christmas, people. Oh, wait. Also, we need to guess our zodiac signs. Okay, you, you go first. All right. Let's guess let's... Krampus and Perkta. All right. Krampus. I don't know. Krampus. I'm going, I'm going Scorpio, but I always go Scorpio. But it's like he's the, he's the evil guy. <laughs> but who are you going to pick for the evil lady? Also Scorpio? No, I would pick Gemini for her because she comes in one of two forms. Because oh. she comes as like the pretty lady and she comes as like the nasty bitch. And that's Gemini. That's true. Okay, that makes sense. Well, we weren't all that holly jolly this Christmas, but we did spit some facts. So, you know, everybody should know. Now you have something to tell your grandma this Christmas day when you're unwrapping gifts. Did you ever hear about the belly slitter, Grandma? The lady who cuts open bellies? All right, let's end. Let's end on a high note. I had an idea. Like, what is, what is your favorite or one of your favorite Christmas memories? You said that, and one Christmas memory came to my head, which is my worst Christmas memory. <laughs> well, I mean, I. <laughs> All right. Okay, I do have a good Christmas memory, actually. I think I think I would say my best Christmas memory, which is honestly the only one that's popped into my head, is I remember. So my mom, we had a weird thing as kids where my mom didn't actually wrap our presents. Like when we would wake up on Christmas morning, we'd come downstairs and she'd have like three piles for the kids and our presents would just be in our piles. 
and our stocking with our names on it would be like where our piles were and they were unwrapped and we'd just be like, oh my God, here's our gifts or whatever. Uh, I don't know. She said she did that because her mom did that. It was like a tradition in their family. But anyway, I just remember coming down the stairs on Christmas morning and like my eyes, the first thing my eyes saw was this like Barbie castle tent. Ooh. And I was very excited about it. And like Aww. it wasn't anything like glamorous. It was like a plastic little tent, but you better believe I went in that tent and hung out there all day. <laughs> but yeah, my eyes my eyes hit that tent and I was like, ah! very happy lady. I guess my favorite Christmas memory, I kind of have two. I'm cheating. But the first one that I thought of when I was maybe like first grade, second grade. We, it was, you know, 12 days before Christmas and we're going outside to get in the car to go to school and there's a present on our doorstep. No, no, no. We don't know who it was from. It was like a present to the family. I don't remember what it was. And we're like, oh my God, how cool. I wonder who this was. This is again, pre-social media. So we had no, like, go through the phone book. Like who did this? (laughs) Uh, Couldn't like called all our family members. They're like, no, like not us. Um, and then the next day we came out and there was another gift. And like every single day up to the 12 days leading up to Christmas Eve, we were getting gifts from this anonymous person and we had no idea who it was. And on Christmas Eve, we got a knock on our door and it was these like family friends of ours who had been giving us presents and they like were bringing us our last Christmas, our last Christmas present. And they were like, Merry Christmas. And it was, it's, I will remember that forever because it was so exciting. That's so It was so like every cool. morning we'd wake up, we'd wake up and be like, who did it? Like we'd try to stay up late and see, you know, and see who it was, but we'd always have to get put to bed. And I think they probably did it early in the morning before work. So it was That's just so like sweet. this amazing thing to look forward to. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And like I they know. just did it for just to be nice or what? Just, just like just to be sweet. Like what kind of yeah. gifts? Like for every single person or just like a no, group gift? It was, it was like a group gift and they were small. Yeah. You know, like I know one was a nice ornament. I don't remember anything else, but it was more just like the excitement of yeah, getting up just in the like, morning and being like, our, oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. That's yeah. such a sweet idea. I know. I know. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's probably my Yeah, I've had Christmas nothing memory. like that. <laughs> I know. It was just like it happened once, it never happened again, but it like made my Christmas top ten list for sure. And then the final memory, so when I was seven years old, my dad got really sick and people were and he got sick in like the fall. And so during Christmas of that year, people were very generous towards us. And I don't think our parents bought us a single present that year because they just like had other shit to worry about. And that Christmas morning, I had 76 presents. I'll oh remember it forever. Oh my God. Just donated from like community members. Oh, that's and so they were sweet. awesome. It was like, it was the fullest our tree had ever. It was like, <laughs> we walked out and we're like, holy shit. <laughs> It was, I just remember being like, jackpot. That's so awesome. cool. Yeah. Oh, I know. Such so, you know. sweet, wholesome family Christmas, just like how the Puritans wanted. Oh, what a bunch of lamos. <laughs> Puritans ruined everything. I think they also outlawed Halloween at some point. Like, they were just like, don't do anything but have sex for childbirth. And 
And don't enjoy it while you're doing it. Hate it. Hate every second of it. <laughs> and every everyone's and everyone's a witch. Like that's yeah, that pretty much it. Oh, that was great. Well, I mean, big cheers to our pagans and our Krampus and our, our evil Christmas sidekicks. I have a title suggestion. What is it? The Hyphy History of Christmas. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Pagans and Krampus. Pagans unite. Love it. It's going to be it. All right. It's going to be it. How do we sign off? What's your sign off procedure? No sign off. Just adios and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed that super special Christmas-themed episode. It was absolutely fascinating to research and so much fun to record with my BFF, CJ. If you enjoyed this episode today, please be sure to share it with your friends. Send it to them via Facebook, Instagram, email, send it in a text, whatever works. Sharing is absolutely caring, and it's one of the greatest ways that you can support me and Mimosa Sisterhood podcast. If you're looking for ways to spread a little Christmas cheer over my way, I would love it if you could leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. It's super quick, super easy, and one of the best ways to help spread the news about this amazing show so that we can find other listeners out there that currently don't know that we exist. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And... I'm sending you so much love this holiday season. Stay warm, stay safe, stay boozy, and I'll see you next year. Bye.